0: Welcome, everyone, to the Unfiltered Podcast. Lee Stevenson, your local church planter, overseer of church planning for Converge.
1: I'm Danny Parmley. I oversee uh, church planning for Converge Mid-America.
0: And today we're going to talk about probably one of the hardest topics for any pastor, preacher, church planter, and uh, it's how do we actually get better in our preaching? Um, And the reality is, Danny, I don't know about for you, but I've never met a church planter that thought that they were an awful preacher um, yeah, I mean everybody they, thinks man they, I got this they, figured out. Like I can yeah. I can preach and man people just come to Jesus and I'm the next greatest thing when it comes to to preaching. But the reality is we can all grow. We can all continue to be developed in in our our preaching.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I would say that um I'm still uh growing and learning, adapting and and changing and have changed even how I prepare and how I deliver and notes versus memorization versus manuscript all of those different things so so why don't we just quickly explore like where yeah.
0: where did you start when yep. you began preaching how do you prepare and how do you actually deliver your message now
1: yeah um, so I'll start by saying that, um, you know, in, in seminary, my preaching professor was Bob Merritt, who is, um, you know, a, a great he's preacher. A, he's a pretty decent He's preacher. all right. Yep. At, uh, at Eagle Brook in, in Minnesota. So I, w- I was thankful to have him. Uh, he taught straight manuscript. Um, we had to, had to manuscript. So I'm thankful for the, um, preparation in that kind of learning how to do that. That was helpful for me. Um, But that also is not my style or personality. So I learned in manuscript, but when I um, planted the church, I did um, straight um, memorization in the sense that I would have, you know, uh, one three by five card that would have maybe four or five you know, points on like intro, you know, your three points and then, you know, a closing type of thing. And I would work through memorization. I spent a majority of my time with sermon prep, actually studying the passage, knowing the passage. And then almost the memorization part was working through just how I would communicate it. Um, So I did that for a long time. And then it started to grow from a three by five card to, well, hey, here's a, here's a quote, or here's a sentence. So I might take that kind of more of what I would say an outline approach where here's the point. I don't, you know, type out anything, but I'm going to type out, Hey, here's a specific quote, or here's a specific passage that I want to read and not say from, from memorization. Then once we went multi-site and we were doing video stuff, then I switched back to manuscripting because of how Mm -hmm. we did kind of our sermon prep stuff, which um, was helpful for me. I think like it, it helped, but it also then brought me back to a place where I wasn't, Um, as comfortable because it just again it wasn't you know people are just made differently and I think that's going to be a key point that I want to you know just uh, hone down and and then where I'm at now is I'm kind of like a cross between a manuscript and kind of an uh, outline slash some memorization so like I said I am still figuring it out and for me preaching is still a wrestle like when people are like, hey, will you preach from me? It's like, yes, I will. But I need to like wrestle through and figure out how I'm going to do this, uh, do this whole thing. So as far as process, that's uh, that's been kind of my journey, so to speak. So love to hear from so, from you so, and yours.
0: Yeah. So real quick question before yeah. I, I dive into kind of what I've learned. Um, so when you preach from a manuscript, yep. are you literally bringing a manuscript up to a lectern? And- yes. Kind of going through that page by page, or do you do Uh, it on an iPad? Or
1: oh yeah, well I hate iPad only because I've uh, had it had it fail before. So even if I do iPad, it's there's still a printed one in the back because once you get used to manuscript, um, which again you tend to not actually be reading from it because if you do manuscript properly, you've read it through a minimum of ten times where it's like you glance down, you almost have the full paragraph without looking at it anymore. And if you ever watch like, um, uh, Rick Warren or, or Bill Hybels, they're preaching and they're flipping a page and their eyes have never, never even bounced down, you know, cause they, they're manuscripting and it's but it, you can't kind of tell. So, um, but personality wise, I'll feel like, oh, well, I want to say it exactly how I have it written. So then also, I'd find myself maybe spending too much time cause I wanted to read that sentence. So the more that I have down, the more I feel tied to hitting it exactly like how i had it written so again that's why i said my own personality but yes manuscripting writing out every word bringing that actually up on stage whether i'm looking at it the whole time or not
0: so do you do you script out even the passages in your manuscript or do you keep that separate like in
1: 100 everything's everything is everything right so now. i i hate to say it but the bibles is a prop at that point besides sometimes going you know what I have this in my manuscript but I'm going to, you know, earmark it and I'm going to so that I can literally pick it up and I say that not as being phony but as trying to communicate to people like this is from the Bible. I'm saying like from from non-believer standpoint or a new person to church like I'm reading from the Bible, you know. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh for me it
0: similar process um I started out preaching more outline based and kind of I would memorize my intro, have kind of my three or four points, and then maybe in you know an outro and so it it wouldn't be super detailed, but I have enough detail to kind of quickly kind of address yeah. um when when I actually got to a point where I was church planting, I started slowly morphing getting more detailed in the outline mm-hmm. to very quickly end up doing a full manuscript and for me personally, I, even today, I, I sit down and I write out a full manuscript every single week, which is difficult being full time in one position yeah. and, and uh, donating the time to the, the local church setting. Um, but what I've found for me is mentally, when the weekend yeah. gets there, I know I've done my preparation.
1: Yes. And so mm-hmm. when
0: I take the stage, when I'm ready to preach, I know I've done everything I can possibly do. Now it's time for the Holy Spirit to work and work through me in that process. And so I I then go from my manuscript down into a what I would call a detailed outline that I actually mm-hmm. put in my Bible um, just to kind of jog my memory. Um, if I right. get going really, you know, and like feel the tangent. But I like mm-hmm. creating a little bit of a freedom yeah. Um, that if I'm in the middle of a point and just feel like the Holy Spirit yeah. saying, Hey, I want you to go another level in this, Yeah. that I, I can, I can do that. And
1: so i um, learning. You kind, of, to- you kind of answered the question, but let me just clarify that. Um, cause you spent all the time on the manuscript. Why don't you bring that up? Why do you bring up the outline and not I, the manuscript?
0: It's because I really, I worked to memorize as much as the manuscript as I possibly can. Um, but I, I don't want to be so tied to yeah. making sure that I say each and every word yeah. exactly the way that yeah. I wrote
1: it. And so if I, you I, brought that up, you would do that, is what you're saying. I you, think you, I you would. would. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's, that, that's the same with me. If it's there, I'm also going to go to I it.
0: I get a little of... more tied to it than I want to yeah. be. Um, I also purposely don't bring a lectern to the stage. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that that helps me. I, I literally just paperclip my outline, and then I have all the passages um, mm-hmm. typed up and just paperclip it into my Bible. Um, and so that way I'm not tied to a lecture and have the freedom to to feel like there's nothing in between me and the audience. Um, and I usually bring a stool up. Mm-hmm. Um, and the stool for me, and this again, this is one of those things I've learned, is I was very intense mm-hmm. in my preaching. To the point that I think it became difficult for people to sit through the entire message. That's what I
1: heard. That's what I heard.
0: (laughs) Because the intensity level. (laughs) And I found out years ago, like it just helped lower the intensity when I had a stool on the stage and it would just sit and Mm -hmm. and it make it a little bit more conversational in in my style. Um, but those it's like, how did we learn those things? Some of it is feel, it's Mm -hmm. doing it. I mean, I've heard Statistically, they say it takes 180 sermons before you actually find your voice in preaching. Right, right. And yeah. I would 100% agree with that, Yeah, where you become comfortable with that. But there's, there are two things that I think, for me, that helped figure some of that out was always having a sounding board of people that were communicating in my life, kind of going, hey, how did that land? What do you think the main point was? What is one thing I could do to make that better? this, this yeah. past sunday um and i had to i found that i had to be very specific in those questions because most people don't don't have the courage to tell you exactly yeah. what it what they feel yeah. um whereas like hey what did you think oh it was great It was your best sermon yeah. ever well they, you said that last week yeah it was yeah. well this week was even better it's like yeah well it, it, sometimes i have a dud and i right. need you to tell me that no yeah. that didn't land um yeah. and this is I, this is why
1: yeah, I think um, the pointed questions that will give people permission as well, too, are, hey, if I had to take one of those points out or if they're tell me was, um, you know, uh, which part was most confi-, like, in other words, it forces them to say something negative instead of like if you're like, hey, was it good? Yes, of course it was good. Or was that OK? It might sound like it's open ended, but it's really not. But if you're like, which one of those points was too long? Which one was? confusing? Or is there anything that didn't make sense? You know, trying to get more specific to get that permission, I think is, is super helpful.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's a great perspective. The second thing for me is I, I literally listen or watch yeah my sermons, torture. Um, just it, which I hate doing <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. But it's a helpful habit to help you get better because you, yeah. you're you going to be your worst critic and yeah. and being able to kind of go, okay, next time I don't want to do that.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, and, and I would say, if you can do video, do video, because you're going to see how much of, of your, even your body language, um, type of thing is reflected in that. And, and like I said, it, it is torture. I hate listening or watching myself, but watching yourself on video, give a sermon will take your preaching to another level because you're even going to pick up some of your own, um mannerisms that you do that could be distracting, but then also even your vocal ticks or your um, you know, yeah, the vocal ticks that you say over and over. And so a lot of people are going, well, I never say um, but like for me, I will always say, as a matter of fact, or you know, like I'll have these things. I just say over and yeah. the truth is, you know, and it's like, oh man. And so then the more that you're just aware of it, you actually do reduce it over time. Um and, and you know that that part of it is kind of just a, a delivery um uh, type of thing. Um I know that I know that we're we're covering a lot here. One thing I want to say too is that you know we've been talking about some of the delivery part of it, but I don't want to skip over that the most important thing that you can do is to stay sharp on your exegesis. So for us, for for myself and our um teaching team, we would do Simeon Trust, uh, which is basically it's the prep part of teaching and it's a conference, but it's not like, Hey, here's how to go to a conference and preach better. And, you know, manuscript, blah, 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 blah. But it's how do you actually structure the sermon that is accurate to the text? And I think that when you don't pay attention to that, it's just so easy to focus so much on the delivery. You know, were people happy with it? Did they laugh? Did they cry? Was it, you know, you know, these types of things, but the more that we can stay accurate to the, text and spend our time there, the delivery part of it, you know, kind of uh, comes later. And it's just easy to have that drift. You know, I, I feel it even in my own life now, because I'm not, you know, the primary preacher in a church that there can just be drift <laughs> that just happens yeah. in your exegesis skills. So
0: I I think that's a great point. Um, and you don't want to forget that. Um, what What have been some books for you, Danny, that have been helpful for you in your development of preaching or go-to books that you even, you know, as a resource to young preachers or pastors that are out there?
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, for me, the, the kind of classic, the, the Haddon Robinson, I think it's called biblical preaching. And the reason why, and that's, that's what I, you know, was the seminary textbook that started for me was what is the main point? What's the authorial intent? So start there, and then work cause I'm, I'm hearing more and more stuff now on sermons where I'm hearing the entire congregation, amening. And, and it's like, the text does not mean that at all. And it was, it's cute and kitschy terms thrown around it, but that was not the important not the point yeah. of, of the text. So, and, and then hone the, the, having it be where it's like, there is one main point because there's tons of all these stories and you walk out and you feel good, but you have no idea what, <laughs> what it is. And, I've come to the place where I believe that our preaching is actually our number one discipleship tool, because what you're doing is you are inadvertently teaching people how to handle the Bible. And so it's not just the message that you're giving, but you are teaching them. This is how you read, study, this is how you yeah. interpret it. This is how you apply it. And if you are loose and goosey behind, you know, behind the microphone, your people are going to be loosey goosey and trust me, it'll come back and bite you in the butt because then they'll start interpreting how to live their lives according to the way, you know, come up with a cute, catchy saying and make stuff up that has nothing to do with it, you know? Yeah, yeah, so. absolutely.
0: I I had a seasoned pastor that coached me years ago, and it was really a helpful perspective that he said, I want to preach in such a way that people on Wednesday could open up the same passage and look at the notes and realize, oh, this is where that came yes. from. Yeah, and they they can connect the dots even a few days after the sermon was given. And I thought that's that's a helpful perspective. Um, we're not helping them yeah. um, in their own personal
1: discipleship
0: if if we ignore that aspect. So, yeah.
1: Uh, what What about you for uh, a book?
0: Two books that were helpful to me. One was um, Andy Stanley's Communicating for Change, um, and I I thought that was there. That was a it's good perspective on just you know how do you land the one point. Um, the other one is an old time book, and I can't even remember the author of it. Um, but I think it was written in like the '30s or the '40s, um, and it was just preaching without notes. Mm. And uh, it it was neat to kind of read from a different generation of of pastors and preachers about how they prepared and how they went through the art of actually delivering the the word, and and specifically this pastor's perspective of, you know, do all the prep ahead of time, but get up and allow the Holy Spirit to use the prep that you spent the week doing to actually communicate the message for the moment. And, uh, it was a, it was a great
1: read. Yeah. That's great. Awesome.
0: Well, everyone, thanks for tuning in. Um, just fun conversation about preaching and how do we just continue to be on journey and grow as a preacher and, uh, commit to the journey. Uh, Thanks for tuning in to the Unfiltered Podcast. Until next time, keep it real.